Hey friends, this is Jessica Levity Day Lover, reminding you that you are not alone on the polyamorous path. If you're looking for peer support or coaching on your non-monogamous journey, and you want to work with the day lovers, head to remodeledlove.com and book with us today. Okay, so we've just finished recording episode six. It's like nine o'clock at night. Joe is out walking the dog. And I went to close out of his OkCupid okay profile, which we had up during this episode. And the girl that he's had a stoppy starty message relationship with has just messaged him back. So that is an update that you're going to need to know for later in the podcast. And also the sexy environmental scientist who is his number one match on OkCupid okay has sent him a message with her phone number and suggested that that they graduate to texting. I'm so fucking excited right now. I am resisting the urge to write them both back. But my dear sweet lovers, these are the updates that I live for. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. You're listening to Remodeled, the podcast. Remodeled is a project whose goal is to expand the cultural narrative on healthy relationships in order to include ethical non-monogamy, non-partnered, asexual, open, and more. We are here to redefine love. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, a little bit every day with someone new. Hey everyone, you're listening to Remodeled, the podcast broadcasting live from Dream Life Studios here in Reno, Nevada. It's your polyamorous mama, Jessica Levity Day Lover, and with me... (laughs) (laughs) With me is an ellipsis. Dot, dot, dot. You know I love a good ellipsis. <laughs> yeah, there's an art form to a good ellipsis. I don't know if that counts as an example, though. Okay, I just didn't think of a, uh, an issue <laughs> for you. Like who the hell I am. <laughs> and the truth is, is I could edit this and, and perfect it, but I'm probably going to keep this. Uh, yeah, it's good. You should keep it. It's what episode is episode <laughs> six. We're a little tired little bit little bit you know um plus it's a pandemic that whole fatigue thing it's very real what day is it you know we had our kid all day today (laughs) yeah it's a marathon um it's mr day lover what is up babe (laughs) it's so funny because i was going to challenge you to not use your typical what is up but then i didn't think of my not typical intro (laughs) right hey but for next time i'm going to think of a funny intro and you have to have a unique response to it okay and i'm not going to tell you what it is ahead of time i thought throwing in the babe was some points for something different (laughs) it didn't hit right no no i don't think that's us anyway hey thanks so much for listening our podcast is now at 2200 downloads dang with an estimated audience size of 447 wow you know, and I like documenting it this way. Like, this wasn't my plan every time. It's just that in each episode, I was so surprised at our numbers that I shared it. And now I feel like it's actually a really cool way to document our growth over time. So I'm going to keep doing it. I agree. All the fan mail is so cool to receive. And it's just what an affirming way to start one's day are reading all of the different replies and responses we get. Totally. And that's my favorite part of the day is screenshotting fan mail that we get and sending it to you. What was the one we got the other day calling you a snack at the end? It yeah, was I like... seem to remember. 
<laughs> it was like after hearing Joe and the sound of his voice and the things that he says and then stalking you guys on social media and finding the pictures of him, I have to tell you I have a total crush on Joe. So really what I have to say is this podcast has done wonders for you. Yeah, it's it's worked out. I, I have to say. No, it's been great to connect with people on all of these issues and to realize that the impact that it's having is no joke. Who has always told you that you are a total catch? Yeah, you have since the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And checking in on Joe's love life. So, uh, you know, when we started this podcast was coincidentally around the same time that you said you wanted to start putting yourself out there. We've been polyamorous for, you know, eight years now, and it you've just never actively tried. So you set the intention to put yourself out there. And now Joe is swimming in bitches. <laughs> <laughs> In a, in a manner of speaking, yes. And it's been cool to see the results of putting that intention out there. And today we're going to be talking about specifically a big one, which is you finally let me make you an OkCupid okay dating profile. And the words let me here are entirely accurate because for years... <laughs> You have been wanting, you have been dreaming of the moment where we sit down and write it together and you get to throw all that verbiage up onto my profile. And I got to pick all of the photos and I already knew which ones I wanted to pick. And I've had several friends over the years let me make dating profiles for them. It's something I enjoy and it's something I'm really good at. Like I'm a marketing person, plus I love online dating. I've been doing it for a really long time. It's oftentimes easier to let like, I love talking about myself. If you don't love talking about yourself, it can be really hard to make an online dating profile. And so having someone do it for you who loves you and knows all the best qualities of you can help. Big time. And I have no problem talking about myself. I enjoy it. However, the format of online dating was something that just never really jived with me. So I want to talk about as honestly and vulnerably as possible your previous resistance to making an active effort and not just we'll get to your resistance to specifically online dating but if you can I would love for you to capture your resistance to trying to find lovers. Well, I think, yeah, so way to dig at the root issue <laughs> instead of the surface level thing that we're dealing with. That's what I do. Right. So that's a good question. You know, I haven't really, I don't know if I could produce an answer right here and now. I mean, obviously there's some fear attached there with putting yourself out there, maybe some fear of rejection, maybe some fear of not belonging. All of those typical things might be at play here. But I think that putting yourself out there makes you vulnerable in a way that can be damaging to one's sense of self and ego. And I would project that was definitely the case for me. So one thing that you used to tell me was, quote, I only want to date if it comes to me naturally. And I'm using air quotes on naturally. Can you tell us what that was all about, whether or not you still stand behind that now? Like if you're rolling your eyes at you saying that now, then tell us that. But if you're like, no, there was actually something about I only wanted the things that fell in my lap because it felt more sincere or what was what was that all about? Well, again, I like to pursue different dynamics as they come my way in a, in a way that feels natural. And I know that's kind of a cheesy cop out. So I think it was just a cop out to stay within 
my comfort zone. I do have some experience where me pursuing things actively has not led to good results. And so maybe there's some trauma there as well to where when it's going well in the past with dating, it didn't take any effort. You know what I mean? And so for me, that effort bespoke of something unnatural. Well, and I think culturally, everyone wants that perfect meet cute where you're just browsing in the faith and spirituality section at Barnes and Noble. Tell me more. There's a cute girl in a Puritan little house on the prairie dress, which is wearing a bonnet, perhaps. (laughs) Joe Joe has some weird like kinks, y'all. This is true. Yeah. And, you know. She reaches for some Alan Watts or some Ram Dass or something like that. And then you strike up a conversation. And at first, it's not even about the rip talk, as Joe would call it. Joe has several isms. Yes, I've got lots of isms, but yeah. And and then, you know, your friends and then whatever. Kind of like ours, actually. Ours would be right. the quintessential definition of we were just friends and you were oblivious. Correct. <laughs> that is how it's gone for me is everyone i've dated pretty much everyone i've dated has been a friend beforehand and so maybe that's just a comfortability thing yeah well you've only received the gifts of the women who have made the effort sure sure that's one way of putting it yeah so you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take (laughs) wayne gretzky michael scott anyway (laughs) Yeah, so if, you, if you're if you listening and you're curious about our story, we met because he was banging some chick who was also performing in the newly founded utility players at the time, back in 2008, like early 2009. At that time, there were more players on the stage than there were people in the audience. This is true. But as we start, our, sh- our show got popular pretty quickly, and I needed someone to do lights, and I... You know, Mama has a way of roping people into taking a part in the big circus that we're all performing in. And so I asked you to start doing lights. That's correct. And at the time, this bitch had stringy, shoulder length, gangly hair. (laughs) Not the best look looking back. Oversized corduroys, like thrift store aesthetic, but without intention like he could have been i could have submitted him for queer eye and they would have been like we need to help this man yeah totally i would have been a ripe candidate for their makeover and huge stoner in like but in a super cool way because you read books you know you didn't play video games not that i'm knocking video game stoners but there was something more like you rode your bike you were active in the arts and you always had a book in your bag totally you know i do things i'm not a lazy person by any means Yeah, and for the first time ever, like, I had a crush that I played it cool with. Like, normally I'm just so proactive, and I was like, this bitch does not know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, we were all hanging out smoking weed after a show one day or on a weekend or something, and what happened was actually the crush was planted in my mind by a psychic vision that I had because the whole group was talking about home birth, and I said that my dream was to have a home birth someday. And then everyone went outside to smoke a cigarette and you stayed behind. You were sitting across from me in the living room at the Boyd house. And you said, so a home birth, eh? And you looked at me and I am very psychic person. I was instantly shown our future home birth. And it was so romantical. (laughs) (laughs) Little did I know my future was being set before my very eyes. Yeah. 
yeah so I had a vision I was like oh shit I'm gonna have a home birth and this guy is my baby daddy and it reverse planted the seed of like oh this is my baby daddy he is kind of cute I I think I have a crush like and so I the vision actually gave me the crush and then that's when I realized this man has no idea what's going on and I just like let it be and it was so cool and I think that really is a testament to our chemistry it's just a very sustainable burn very much so i didn't need to consume it the way that my addict brain needs to consume love usually Mm -hmm. and then cut to fourth of july that year i had just pulled off producing my first major event after moving to reno for the city of sparks actually and i had eaten some mushrooms with my brother and my brother knew i had a crush on you so my brother's my best friend i tell him everything and he knew i was crushing on bike joe and he was wingman in for me he was yeah he totally was and the mushrooms had kicked in and i was like i want to invite joe to come up and my brother's like no you don't invite non-tripping people to a house where you're tripping i would have stood by this advice (laughs) yeah absolutely it's a terrible idea and then like a few minutes later there was a knock at the door and there was bike joe with his bike he who had just hauled ass up this huge like hill top of san rafael if you're a reno native i did yeah My brother instantly got mad because he thought I broke the rule and called Joe. I, of course, knew that I had manifested him there. You did. (laughs) So my tripping ass was like, he got my brainwaves calling him. (laughs) Really, uh, he had come because he was panicked about something and needed to tell my brother something irrelevant. But I still think you got my brainwaves. No, I think that's totally what happened. So then I was in this place of like, if you've eaten mushrooms before, (laughs) you know, Um, I was laying face down in the carpet, my body spread out starfish style, like you do. And I really, really wanted to know what it would feel like if Joe laid perfectly on top of me and matched me, like even fingers spread, matched his fingers perfectly to mine. And so (laughs) I asked him if he would do that. (laughs) And I made sure that I had proper consent for this measure, knowing that they are under the influence and I am not. It wasn't sexual. I mean, I was face down. I was tripping and I was like, hey, I want to know, can you lay perfectly on top of me so that I can feel what that feels like and you were like sure (laughs) yes yeah i was all in favor and so he did and he's only like you're only two inches taller than me so Mm -hmm. you fit perfectly like you clicked like a puzzle piece no it definitely fell into place and i would oh you guys this is the story so fucking cute and he was like laying on top of me and it felt exactly what i imagined that it would feel like to have someone perfectly your size lay on top of you and i said I think I have a crush on you. Right, while I was laying on top of you. (laughs) And he was like, I think I have a crush on you too. (laughs) Yeah, I think I might be into this, it turns out. (laughs) Turns out. And that was like it. And he was totally cool. If there's anyone who's not tripping that you can invite to slide right into the vibe of tripping people, it's Joe. It's a high honor. I'll take that. Yeah, so he hung out for the rest of the night. And then at that time, you were you had just given up your apartment and you were between apartments. You didn't have a lease. And so you were going to couch surf with a friend. And I was like, oh, well, you can just come stay the night with me. And ladies and gentlemen, he never left. Right. Little did I know there was a term and the gay community called a lesbian U-Haul, <laughs> <laughs> where pretty much you move in from jump. And that's what happened, more or less. Yeah, we totally lesbian U-Hauled. And um, we've never been apart since, pretty much. 
Right. Yeah. It just worked out. And um, I manifested a place to live pretty quickly. (laughs) 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 And the thing that was really interesting to me about that was I I wasn't worried at all. I had planned this trip where I was going to go visit my family back home and then go to Mexico for a couple of weeks. And I didn't know where I was going to live on the other side of that. But I just knew that I needed a change and I wanted to get out of my current living situation. My friend let me store all of my things that I kept in the meantime. And I didn't know where I was going to end up. Lo and behold. Yeah, you weren't even homeless for like one night. No, but I got to have that like (laughs) I'm homeless in between things kind of allure vagabond rock star. Yes, very alluring. And it was super cute. We've been this cute the entire time. (laughs) Yes, I mean, annoyingly so, I'm sure, to those around us. It's just like we're Jess and Joe. It's just who we are. And so he did. He left for six weeks, which was perfect because it created a yearning. And I asked you before you left please cut your hair. (laughs) Right. And I also seem to recall that we did have some dialogue around, oh, well, I don't really care if you do, if you have adventures while you're gone or if you do things. And I thought that was pretty cool. Not that we had decided to be exclusive or anything like that, but there is a lingering question in one's mind. I don't remember that detail, but it doesn't surprise me. And also that's totally cool of me. And I can see me doing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I remember you did. Right on. Yay for me. Because I know what it's like to travel. And there is something about the freedom of kind of listless traveling where you're kind of going with the flow. I always manifested the most incredible love stories when I was doing that. Mm -hmm. So I was like not about to limit you. And I kind of liked the like jealousy. Like, oh, what's he doing on the six weeks while he's gone? This bitch better come home to me. Yeah, totally. I was not planning on telling our story. Oh, and you know what I'm going to use for the graphic for this episode? Is that first picture we ever took. (laughs) Right after we decided we were a couple and you can see he was so cute, but you can see his long gangly hippie hair. I thought that it worked. I feel like every man with thinning hair goes through this phase of like wanting to grow it out because maybe you're fighting what you know is coming yeah absolutely yeah because i love a man with long hair but you have to have the right hair for it and i love me a bald man everyone thinks you look like jason statham that's your celebrity doppelganger and it's hot as fuck i'll take it you know he's pretty good looking and a damn fine actor Okay, so then we become polyamorous, and that first year, I was, like, in love, went through a super hard breakup, and was, like, we were standing in line one year for Thanksgiving. We decided we were going to try the infamous casino Thanksgiving buffet experience. Oh, I buried this memory. (laughs) Because it was fucking terrible. I cannot figure out why everyone talks about it. People are like, oh, it's something you got to do once in your life. You don't. It was terrible. We waited in line for two and a half hours at the pepper mill. Yeah, a hellish experience in its own right. Yeah, and it wasn't even good. And also, I like you just get full so fast. You're like, I should not have waited two and a half hours for that anyway. So I'm bored out of my mind and my heart is broken. And I'm like, I have now taken pretty much the year off from dating. And I was like, I looked at you and I was like, hey, can I download Tinder? And you were like, Ugh, you were not for it. And you had some stuff to say. And one of the things that you said in the line, (laughs) Thanksgiving at Pepper Mill, was you were worried that online dating was not safe for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I had never, I had no experience of online dating because I'd never been on it before. And my impression was that you would be susceptible to meeting people that you didn't know very well and could 
be in a dangerous spot with. You know, granted, I'm thinking in terms of extremes here, but that's where my mind was. So we had a little bit of a power struggle because I obviously was not having any of that. And the thing is, is you weren't wrong. There are dangers to women with online dating. And I think the thing that I said that you sort of were like touche was I was like, think about any one of our single girlfriends, like friends in our circle. They're all on online dating and you wouldn't tell a single one of them that they should not put themselves out there. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, definitely a touche point there. Yeah, and so it's hard because I I want to respect the fact that there is a reason to worry about women in the dating world in general. Is it different if I meet someone at a bar versus online? I mean, maybe a little bit because there's like more catfishing and all these elements, blah, blah, blah. But I think ultimately I was like, well, you have to trust me. And honestly, I'm probably safer than someone else because I have a partner who knows when I'm going out, where I'm going. We agreed upon all first dates would be like during the day, you know, outside at a park or the only place I ever took a date was 1864 which is my favorite bar which is down the street from our house and I always knew people there and it was always very public and I asked you like please make a dating profile this is so fun and at that time you were like very nervous about because you have a university job you were nervous about like finding a student or faculty seeing you yeah and I have those fears just kind of in general it being a more public sort of job if you will and not that anyone really cares but just that 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 was something that I thought would be an issue for some reason so have you like surrendered to that now or do you just have less fear that you could be punished for it or something hmm yeah, I suppose that there's less fear. And I think it's something that's being talked about in academic circles is the polyam community. And it's starting to become more recognized and seen. And not that it was ever so controversial that it could present potential issues for me at my job. But yeah, I suppose I just kind of let go of that. So now we're at the end of 2020 and something has changed. And one day, and mostly I think it's just the podcast sort of fueled both of us, but you were like, babe, I'm ready for you to make me an online dating profile and you guys. Right. Oh my God. I was so happy. <laughs> well, there's a lot to that that went into this decision. And so one of the things that I always admired about your approach to online dating was how you just made some really good connections with people regardless of where those connections went long term. And a lot of the people that you were talking to and dated at one point are now really good friends of ours. And we see them around town and I'm kind of chummy with them. And I just admired how you were able to build new connections through this platform and that's what I wanted for myself thank you yeah and in general I wanted to have new friendships new relationships explore those and just go beyond my comforts yeah and you have the ultimate wingman this is true. Your wife helping you out. And I was like, fuck Tinder. Tinder's yesterday. Bumble. We could make you a Bumble, but 
it's kind of problematic. I can already tell you OkCupid is the best online dating profile for polyamorous people to use because it is the only mainstream dating profile that allows you to say that you're polyamorous and search by people who are also polyamorous. On Bumble, it's in my profile description if people even read that before they swipe on me, but you can't search by that. And so you're just swiping, swiping, swiping. Maybe one in a hundred, I'll come across another polyamorous person. But at least with OkCupid, until you've exhausted the search, you can at least search by people who are interested in non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I th- which I think is really key because part of part of my resistance to the online dating in the past is that you would meet people, particularly guys who weren't polyamorous, but were like, oh, well, you know, I could try it or, and they were in between relationships and we always knew that, well, okay, they're going to get into another relationship eventually pretty soon. And then we'll see how they're trying out polyamory goes at that point. And so you would just meet a lot of these opportunist men that brought a little (laughs) unwelcome energy into our space i will tell the truth about myself here in that you know i've been an opportunist in the past and so maybe there was just a little bit of shadow shadow resentment there sure well that's super honest yeah 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 well there is i will follow up on that there is a little bit of irritation there with people who say they're ready for poly or want to try it or think that they could do it but don't really know and haven't done that examination and then that can lead to problems later on i mean every time i get my heart broken i do the whole i'm never dating a a poly newbie ever again (laughs) only to it's a it's a middle-sized metropolitan area that like i don't have a whole lot of options plus i'm kind of like a sucker for chemistry and so boo if we've got chemistry i'm probably gonna try it you know it's a fine line i know what you mean about opportunist people and maybe some of them never had the intention of actually exploring the nuances of this relationship style and we're just trying to play with my fire a little bit with me consensually but there's also something to be said for trying new things like I don't Joe's being a little harsh he's not wrong but it's a little harsh I think sometimes I applaud anyone who tries something different new and scary maybe they're motivated by the rip as Joe would say. <laughs> well, you see, in the minds of most stereotypical men, none of that dialogue is happening. All that happens is, oh, you mean I can still get laid? Sweet. And maybe you're projecting and maybe you're also correct, but I still stand by all of these men were changed in some way. Even if they went back to monogamy, even some of them, they just, their toxic masculinity and their toxic codependent monogamy ultimately killed us and then have killed every relationship they've had after me. And they are still fighting that demon. And it's like, man, that's, (laughs) that sucks. But at least a seed was planted. And I don't know, I don't really have any regrets. You know what I mean? Totally. Okay, well, we're going to take a super quick break. It's 45 seconds. And then when we come back, I'm going to read you the OkCupid profile that I wrote for my husband. And we will talk about the fact that I was not even his highest percentage match. (laughs) I think I was like number six. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back with part two of Remodeled, episode six. Just makes Joe an OkCupid profile. (laughs) So like December, Joe's like, I want to put myself out there. And that includes you can make me an online dating profile. I gay gasped. (gasps) 
I've been waiting for this moment. I already know the photos that I'm going to use. Yeah, she did, and she did. (laughs) And so the profile says, sexy, polyamorous English professor seeks radical, witchy, political mama to school him on topics such as anti-capitalism, anti-colonialism, and overthrowing the cishet white supremacist patriarchy. The more radicalized, the better. Class is in session. The more radical, the better. Oh, yeah. No, okay, that's not really what it says. However, if there is a radical leftist mama listening to this and you are interested in me or Joe, (laughs) you can email us at remodeledlove at gmail.com. Okay, so, okay, Cupid, this is what his profile really says. Joe, age 40. Self-summary. English lecturer in a polyamorous marriage with the funniest person I know, parentheses, and also my best friend. She says hi, by the way. Rad dad to one super silly toddler and another son on the way in March. Unfortunately, a straight white cis male, but actively working to dismantle all systemic supremacy. Polyam seven plus years, but new to online dating, seeking genuine connections. Just the facts, folks. I stand by this approach as literature person you just want to get the expository out of the way that's fucking baller like right there like damn like you can tell mama's a copywriter yeah that's efficient and the most important to know details are related up front while also capturing like our spirit and our whimsy and i fully stand behind that unfortunately a straight white cis male (laughs) that is 100 percent accurate and then it sets you up with some questions so it says if money were no concern this is what i would be doing and you answered this writing my next book supporting my wife building a sustainable living community on a plot of land with like-minded people working toward equity and intersectional justice causes and playing with my kids yes dream life right there ladies and gentlemen he's cute he's lovable he's relatable plus he's a dad that's fucking hot and i want to live sustainably and in harmony with our ecology yeah that's why we're looking for radical mamas it says i'm really good at and you said being comfortable in any social situation yeah yeah i i really enjoy that about myself being able to just drop into wherever i am and talk to people relate to one another etc i love this about myself was the setup and you said i enjoy taking personal responsibility in all areas of my life hell yeah so i'm not one of those dudes that's about to deflect get defensive when things are brought to my attention i might initially up front but i do enjoy owning my responsibility and trying to do things differently that's why we work because we both do that yeah i think above many other things that's one of the things i appreciate about our relationship is our ability to give and receive feedback in a loving way yeah amen and then the setup was i value and you said intersectional justice the arts walking connections self-care divine spirit my family adventure play creativity and self-expression performance the earth and sustainability gardening writing disillusionment and tacos yeah all of that hits the nail pretty well on the head i think what's noteworthy there disillusionment just that process of being robbed of an illusion and living your life a certain way only to come to find out that that is completely wrong backward misguided and you need to do it a different way is jarring but how freeing is that though this is my man right here y'all and it would be so selfish of me to keep him to myself yes amen um 
the the setup was the last show I binged. You said all my favorite shows are gay. Queer Eye, RuPaul's Drag Race, Great British Baking Show, Project Runway, Tim and Heidi version, obviously. I recently got into Star Trek The Next Generation, which isn't officially gay, but I could argue that it is. Okay, let's have a role play session. I will be Troy and you be Riker. Okay, yeah, so in this scenario, we're on leave somewhere where we're not officially on board the starship, and therefore we can have relations. Ugh, yes. Okay, anyway, the setup was on a typical Wednesday, I am, and you said walking with my toddler and senior rescue dog to our neighborhood park. Yeah, if you see me around Lander Streets in Midtown at around 4 o'clock on any given random afternoon, there's me pulling a cart with a toddler in it and all sorts of dinosaur toys as well as a scooter and being yanked along by our very active hound dog. So cute. So that's his profile. And then I will post the photos that I, the five photos that I chose for my man to best represent him on his dating profile. If you find us on Instagram, so I recently changed our Instagram handle to Remodeled Love. It used to be Your Judgmental Friend. It's now Remodeled Love. I will do a post on there showing the five sexy, relatable, totally captures the spirit of mr day lover photos yes and i agree with your selections so we planted this profile and we let it bake for a couple days and we come back and (laughs) your highest percentage match was like 98 percent with this gorgeous gorgeous environmental scientist whose profile could not have been more perfect i almost fell out of my chair and i was like holy shit and then your next Four highest matches were all these like amazing women who were all beautiful in their own way and they all had this like I, like I remember you seemed rather awestruck I just couldn't believe it because we thought you were gonna have a harder time finding polyamorous women in the area that were anything like us and that I would have the better experience but your five highest matches none of them which were me were just phenomenal and then I came in at number six I think our match percentage was like 86 (laughs) percent which is insane I mean honestly if both of us filled out more questions it would probably go higher because there is no one on this planet better for me than you but yeah no there's a lot of further information I could put in there for sure I could fill out that profile a lot better but anyway it was really humbling and really funny that i was not even in your top five and so i helped you obviously draft your opening messages to these girls once you matched with them Mm -hmm. and it's just been super fun to see you talking to these really cool girls yeah it is it's been it's been interesting i will say that things got shaken up a little bit when I met someone not through OkCupid. And that's been the polyamory experience for me. And I always have this like existential crisis. So it's like you're talking to people and like you're talking to 10 people and half of those just wane off or turn out to be like not great matches. And then so then you're kind of having casual conversation with five and then three of those get really good. And then one of those disappears and then you have two really amazing conversations going and then you meet someone in real life and you forget 
all about these two amazing people you were talking to online. And then that relationship plays out and maybe it ends or maybe you're, the pandemic ends and you have more time or whatever. And then you go back to the online dating and you're like, okay, so do we pick up from where we left off eight months ago or do I have to find new matches? This is a small ass city. <laughs> Well, and I will say that this is something that contributed to my resistance to online dating previously was that you described it as a number game, just like you did now. And I didn't really want to think about it that way. I had some resistance to that mentality, but I understand how that makes sense. But you've asked me for help in maintaining conversation with at least one of the it, the environmental scientists, your highest match. Yeah, I did ask for your opinion there because I'm learning the art form of witty banter over text communication and through online dating. And I think I'm pretty good at it. But yeah, there are a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, what would you say in this situation? Because I don't really know what's what's standard. Totally. And so I check in occasionally with you to see how it's going with sexy environmental scientist chick. In the meantime, <laughs> anytime that I may hear your phone buzz and look down, there's like any number of sexy ladies you may be talking to, including your long distance relationship. Correct. Shout my, out to my side witch. Yeah. Shout out to our side witch. My metamor, who you guys finally got each other's number. So my boyfriend's partner. And like, and that's not really, it's like flirty, but it's not anything. But sometimes you guys send each other cute shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very fun. My point is that I looked down and previously you were not someone on your phone ever. And so you never had text messages. And now I look down and texts are either from your main side boo, your long distance relationship, a.k.a. your side witch, mm -hmm. my metamor, or a couple of the other friends that you have crushes on that you have agreed to have a crushy texty relationship with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely have. Yeah, I crush on my friends a lot. And that's just kind of and that, and that feels a lot freer these days now that I have that I have a little bit more confidence putting myself out there so you do because yesterday we were hanging out with one of our favorite closest dearest most important people in our life and out of nowhere in the room you drop oh yeah I chose you to do this next assignment because I have a crush on you and it was <laughs> so cute she got so she was like you cannot see me blushing behind my mask yeah you could see the medicine for her in that moment Absolutely. of having... And I meant this. I stood by it. I stood by that 100%. Yeah, it wasn't a line. You absolutely no. are in love with this woman, as am I. Yeah. And there was something different in you that I could tell, like, oh, man, this man is, like, really feeling his oats. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that comes from the, fr the fruits of putting oneself out there and then having good results. And this person that I've been seeing, let's call her MC... Has, uh -huh. <laughs> well, no, that's actually, it's an inside joke. That, those aren't her initials. Um, I know. I've seen the gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're exchanging inside jokes over the podcast now. Oh, God, Gross. they're on this phase. <laughs> My God. God, yeah. We've approached this level of distasteful. It's awesome. No, so I, I think that has definitely put a lot of things in perspective so when i talk to people on okcupid that's kind of the standard by which i'm judging it and mc is pretty good at the conversational banter and the witty wordplay so when 
I feel like it's not there on OkCupid. I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really care. It's fucking hard. And it's especially because so many, you'll never know the the number of relationships that actually could have been really awesome if at least one person had been good at the online texting thing. And that's why I've had such good luck because either I am the good person or both of us are, but either way, at least one of us is. And so I'm able to stimulate relationships. But a lot of times great matches die because neither party can do it i could see that so there was this person that i matched with and they seemed really cool read their profile was like yeah yeah that's awesome you sound really great and they messaged me asking what i was doing and i happened to be at the dmv and i told them that and you know made a little joke about the dmv opening the door for them to witty wordplay banter something back and they wrote something back like oh yeah so i know this person who got covid from the dmv and died so be careful god (laughs) i persisted through this and continued to attempt to engage with this person but it just didn't seem like it was going anywhere and so so far I would say my experience talking to people in OkCupid has just been very stoppy-starty. and Yes, stoppy-starty, totally. And nothing has really found a conversational groove to where I envision, ooh, maybe I could be friends with this person, or maybe there's something else there. We're also in a panty. We're also in a panty, and... It's just, it's hard to find the will. Like, I, you know, before the pandemic hit, fell madly in love with a boy that... David, if you're listening to this, I am still in love with you. (laughs) Um, And like we, I mean, our shit was going on and then the pandemic hit and we tried to keep it up for a little while. And then it just, it just, we got tired. And so I, you know, if he's still single when this shit's over and this baby's out and I'm back to myself, I hope that maybe we can pick up where we left off. But like online dating is already very stoppy starty. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially with the texting, but in a pandemic, there's just no end goal in sight. And so you're like, I don't even feel like texting you back right now. And again, in a pandemic, all bets are out the window. I think Sidewitch understands long distance plus pandemic. I mean... Plus their love language is touch. And so this really (laughs) isn't working out too well for them. Totally. And, you know, I'm here for you to re-stimulate like when you want to dive back into stimulating some of these conversations. Obviously, I can help you with that. It's a passion of mine. I'm good at it. I enjoy it. And I like helping you. I think it's fun. And, And I look forward to meeting new people and hopefully getting some good relationships out of that wherever they may go and i think what's really cool since putting yourself out there you're getting to experience the side of polyamory that is my absolute favorite which is i call it riding the edge which could be its own episode but it's just that because you don't need any one person to be anything other than whatever the chemistry between the two of you genuinely is, you get to have all these different amorous experiences. And so you have me, you have your side witch, you have MC. And like I mentioned earlier, you're also in a flirting consensual text relationship with one of your crushes who is a very good friend of ours and that's what it is right and you know i also have a crush on one of our other friends who's a man (laughs) 
So <laughs> that's right. Of all of the people, of all of Joe's booch bitches. So Joe makes homemade kombucha called Bike Joe Booch, and he only gives it away to his booch bitches. One of our very good friends that he has a man crush on. You know who you are, and I know you're listening to this podcast. Slid into Joe's DMs and was like, "How do I get?" on joe's booch bitch list <laughs> joe's like well i'm in love with you so you can just have some yeah it turns out your qualifications are more than exemplary here but that's fine you know that's interesting that you say that because the text flirt relationship that you have let's call her b mm-hmm. the text flirt love relationship that that's what it is you have with b is what i have with T, the, right. your man crush. And so he is one of my platonic amorous love stories that if we weren't polyamorous, I probably wouldn't get to explore that space with him because it's very romantic and it crosses a lot of those fuzzy lines. Right. Yeah. And those spaces are fun too to kind of investigate. Oh, what is this? And that's why I call it riding the edge right there. Like snow snowboard term when you're Ooh. cutting the edge like that. Right. And so it's super fun. And that's where the ride is. And if you, let's say, for example, you're riding the edge with one of these friends and you have this amorous, flirty, gooey space that you're in and you're like, I don't think we should fuck, but your monogamous brain gets in there or your human brain or whatever. And one night you push past that feeling that you shouldn't fuck and you fuck, it kills it. That's when you're going to take the fall on the snowboard. You have to learn to ride the edge. And when you can learn to respect the edge for what it is, I'm in love with you and I don't need it to be sexual. I don't need it to be out on dates. I don't need it to be whatever. It just is this and it exists in this space and we have the consent of all parties involved because when you and B decided to start a flirty relationship... I got a text from her. This was like two weeks ago. So cute. Hey, Jess, I just wanted to know if I could have your consent to begin flirting officially like with Joe, which you've always been fucking flirty. But I think that there was just this cool moment for you guys to like actually, hey, like let's make it legitimate because she's in a long term relationship. So Right. And I wanted to make sure that there were no consent boundaries being crossed there. Yeah, and we can talk about it later that I'm starting to get to the point in polyamory where I feel weird giving permission yeah it's a whole nother episode that's a whole nother episode but in that moment i knew it was a big deal for her to do that and i thought it was really beautiful and i got to write something really cool back i said absolutely you have my sincerest consent and i hope that you guys find the medicine inside this gooey space yeah and that opened up a lot to be able to talk and share about other things and become really good friends yeah so i want to end this episode by reading an email (laughs) Oh, God. Brace yourselves. Okay, so when I made you an OkCupid profile, I was so fucking excited. And I and I blog now, like our journey via Instagram, via Remodeled Love on TikTok and Facebook. And I thought it was super funny that I wasn't even your highest match. And so I did a post about it. Oh my God, Joe finally let me make him an OkCupid profile. Well, somebody who claims to be a fan of this podcast and of Remodeled Love slides into my DMs. This is what they said. Not to be annoying and all, but is it really the best time for an additional partner given that your second baby is coming soon? There's only so much time in a day. Plus, also, you could use all the help you can get now with the newborn plus a toddler. That's the email. Okay. (laughs) First of all, if you ever find that you have to write 
an email where the opening line is not to be annoying, but... That ship has sailed. (laughs) It's the equivalent of no offense, but... Right. Like, there's just a different tone that you can take when you email in to this show. I don't want to be that annoying person that prefaces every remark they're (laughs) they're about to make with a disclaimer, but... So, not to be annoying and all, but is this really the best time for an additional partner given that your second baby is coming so soon? Now, I think what I'm seeing a lot of, like, I will post a meme that will go viral um, in Reddit or on, you know, any of the polyam Facebook groups that I'm in and most people will love it, but there will be, it, it will trigger someone somewhere because it's the internet. And for example... I posted a meme about how I'm benefiting from you suddenly being on your phone all the time because you text me back so much quicker. Hella people were triggered at the fact that, oh, hell no, I would never put up with my partner only being good at communicating when they're in NRE with someone else and da 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 And what I realized is so much of the grief and the, I wouldn't call this hate mail. I'm sure this person didn't mean this as hate mail, but it came across as very snotty and judgmental to me. What I'm realizing is so many people have shitty partners like I'm not worried like what she says like is this really a good time for him to be finding another partner I mean it could be bad if you were a shitty person right or not (laughs) a rad dad yeah like he Joe isn't the type of guy who would be like oh I'm in NRE you're on your own babe like you're not gonna miss the labor because you're texting any one of your side bitches no that's not gonna happen By the way, I say side bitch lovingly. Like, that's just how Joe and I talk. Yes, yes. It's an affectionate term, believe it or not. Right. And so have we had our issues with your first NRE experience? Yes, that's a future episode. Um, Thank God it happened not near the end or right after. Obviously, I can't even fathom that. But you're not a dickhead. You're not a toxic person. And so I trust you completely to navigate and also you've you've already told me you have no pl- like you plan on shutting down very near the end. We both are. Like when I get super like I'm guessing 38 weeks, I'm going to get very nesty and need your attention and you're not someone who's going to be like oh, fine. Right. Well, there's a to everything a season, right? And yeah. we will be going out on dates and having fun. Hopefully this pandemic is close to over sometime in the summer. And that will be a new dawn and a new day. But yeah. when the baby is here and when you're, we're getting ready to have that kid, it's it's about us. And I just want to end the episode on this. This person says, is this really the best time for him to be finding someone else? And I've already addressed the point that you're not going to drop any of the balls you owe to our family in exchange for chasing some tail you can't even have right now anyway. Plus, the kind of person I would want to date has children and would be nothing but a great support system. That's the second point I was getting ready to make is there is a different narrative and a different script that I want to toss out there that it could it's arguably the best time for him to find another partner because postpartum is fucking brutal and the more adults in your inner circle that care about you care about your postpartum healing journey and care about taking care of the parents who are currently getting their grills fucked by the insanity like extreme car wash that's the imagery that like when you're in one of those automatic car washes and your car's in neutral and it's just like yeah all these things are happening around you the more people the better granted we're in a pandemic and so there's only so much our friends can do but like what if 
I made you an OkCupid profile and you fell in love with somebody who was like a nanny who wanted to make sure that they were coming over and taking care of Aslan as much as they could. What if you fell in love with a chef who wanted to make us all kinds of food prep for our early postpartum journey? Yeah, all of those things. And that's why I that's why I created the dating profile was to meet new people, form relationships, regardless of where they went. And I'll tell you right now, your main secondary relationship MC already told me be prepared when you have the baby I'm going to be coming over to do your dishes and clean your house and bring you food while wearing a mask dream life so to the person who wrote in don't you think this is a terrible time no and also no and on that note (laughs) I'd like to thank you all so much for listening to remodeled you can find us on Instagram. My main profile is Home Slice Productions. You can also find us on Instagram at Remodeled Love. TikTok, Home Slice Productions, YouTube. You can just search Jessica Levity. I would like to give a shout out to all the new patrons that have signed on this month. And just this morning, we got a patron all the way from Poland. Wow. Um, it's Jacob. I don't know if that's how you say it correctly. Over there, Jakob so fucking cool it is unbelievable to me the amount of people that are supporting the work that we do if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of us continuing to make content which right now we use this money to pay for childcare so that we can make content and also it helps pay i use professional editing software which is part of the reason this podcast is so enjoyable to listen to um, and that costs $20 a month and we actually spend all kinds of money making all of the content that we make uh, in order to remodel love for the culture. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can find us patreon.com slash Productions. You can become a patron for as little as $3 a month. I want to give a shout out to our executive producers, Home Slice Productions, that is me, and Amy Stashik Moore. Get well soon, girl. I only know this person through this podcast but i feel like she is a lover and a best friend at this point i'm also getting messages from people who want to know if we have a baby registry and we are hardcore communalists we don't believe in buying new products when we can and so even though we gave everything away after our first child because we swore i swore i was never doing this again we have thanks to this incredible community received everything back easily yeah including our cloth diapers and so we don't even need diapers so if you're listening to this and you you want to get in on supporting uh, i'm 33 weeks pregnant today so i got seven weeks left you can just send us money on venmo at jessica hyphen levity or cash app jessica levity we use that money the only thing we have left to get is our doula which is very expensive and very necessary so if you want to support us in that way that'd be totally fucking cool but other than that we are very taken care of by our community big time And I also want to say thank you to Leslie, who right before we started recording this episode tonight, she hit me up on Instagram and asked if she could buy me a prenatal massage. And like, how cool is that? I literally cried. I could not believe a fan of this podcast wanted to do that for me. And she said it was the least that she could do for what the podcast has done for her. So shout out to Leslie. I will give you full details on that massage. Wow. That is so awesome. Thank you, Leslie. And you're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> and you can email in anonymously if you want homesliceproductions.com slash remodeled and just fill out the form at the bottom thank you so much for listening it is possible to redefine love you're listening to remodeled I fall in love just a little little bit every day with someone new I fall in love just a little old
little bit every day with someone new.